Hello, and welcome to episode 206 of the Red Box Report, the weekly movie podcast. I'm screwing us up. <laughs> where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases on Redbox. Power through, power through. I'm your host, Bob Fallon. He's your hey, co-host. Who's still <laughs> and we are The Walking Dead, here to review uh, your picks. Well, your specific picks. I'm talking to you two. The two winners of the March Movie Madness contest that we held in March of all months. Uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick and Deekson, you were the winners. You both tied for first place. So we asked for your recommendations for us to review a movie. Brendan, you picked Mean Girls since Joel had never seen it. And that needed to be rectified as soon as possible. As soon as possible happened to be about two months. So here we are. (laughs) And Deekson recommended Solaris. The 2002 version directed by Steven Soderbergh. So, here we are. We're here. We're doing it. We're coming through on our promise. We came through. (laughs) So far. So far, so good. Um, I also promised them Redbox Report t-shirts, which that might be a longer wait because I have to rely on my brother-in-law to actually go through with it. And Joel doesn't even have one yet. So, I'm hoping to get like a an order of ten or twelve Red Box Report shirts coming in uh, sometime this year, <laughs> and I want to give them to my co-host and these award win- not award winning but contest winning winners. Can't talk good. All right, which movie shall we review first? Let's do Mean Girls first. All right. Don't got to be mean about it, but uh, here we go. Mean Girls, you had never seen it. I'm very interested to hear what you thought. I had seen it, but it was due for a rewatch. It has had 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this is the story of Katie Heron, who's a hit with the plastics, the A-list girl click at her new school, until she makes the mistake of falling for Aaron Samuels, the ex-boyfriend of Alpha Plastic, Regina George. Um, and yeah, I guess, uh, Lindsay Lohan stars as Katie and she was someone who was homeschooled in South Africa Yeah, <laughs> and then moves to like your typical modern day high school. And this was produced or, uh, Lauren Michaels. So basically it's a Saturday night live, one of their movies like Wayne's world or, or one of the many ones that they've done. And uh, so it's not like on the surface, it comes across as like your typical teen rom-com, right? Kind of like you wouldn't think it'd be up our alleys, but I already knew for me it was because I was pleasantly surprised the first time I saw it a while back and on rewatch, it it lived up to those heights, but I want to hear what you thought. I uh, surprisingly enjoyed this movie. Yeah, I knew you would. I mean, you got it. I mean, it was just. I mean, I, I'm not saying I loved it or anything, but it was extremely watchable. Yeah. I didn't. You know, I watched the whole thing through, no problem. Yeah. Uh, it's actually funny. That's the biggest thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so weird. Like, I 
don't think I knew about the Saturday Night Live connection the first time I watched it, but definitely second time through I noticed it. Like just weird cues and like uh, Family Guy style like things that were just yeah. like uh, I can't explain it, but like <laughs> when they'd say something and then cut to it, you know, like a cutaway, yeah, I yeah. guess it's called. But and the teachers are all like Saturday Night Live cast members. So definitely notice that more. And I thought, actually, the teachers are the funniest part. Like, By far. Yeah, yeah. the grown-ups. Like, the actual teen stuff is not bad. Like, it's more like a coming-of-age comedy. Yeah, uh, but then the adults are the comedy. Yeah, really. for sure. Yeah, they're the highlight. And, uh, yeah. Um, what did you think of Lindsay Lohan before she went off the rails? It's it's kind of crazy to like go back and watch this actually. Like, yeah, she's actually talented. Like all the she's Emma Stone. She, yeah. <laughs> like a better looking version of Emma Stone when she was like whatever nineteen years old when she made this and squandered. For sure, it's a total shame with that. But you, I mean, there's so many recognizable. Faces and names here. You got Rachel McAdams as Regina George, um, Chloe, not Chloe. What Amanda Seyfried? She played Chloe in the movie Chloe uh, as one of the plastics. You got who was the, oh Lizzie Kaplan as like the goth friend. Yeah, and she's a lot bigger nowadays. Uh, star-studded cast, and they all do a pretty good job. Um, but what did you think of the actual, like, teen drama stuff? Pretty... I think it's kind of cool watching this movie because it's funny to me that this is an era of movies that isn't made anymore, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost feel like this movie wouldn't be made. Like, some of the humor and, like, generalizations with, I mean, generally speaking, how sensitive people are about, you know, like, just blatantly saying, like, cool Asians, the nerdy Asians though. Right. I feel like that's like kind of taboo almost now to like separate people like that. Even though, I mean, the, it high school movies are always sort of done like that. Yeah. To extent, but, um, but I, I really liked the whole twist on how it was like a safari. <laughs> yeah. She like explained everything. Yeah. That was one of the weird things that kind of Saturday night live is right. Or a family guy ish where, yeah. Just picturing these students or these kids as like animals in the animal kingdom defending their turf and literally like attacking each other. Yeah, those were what made it set it apart a little bit. Because other than that, I mean, it's pretty much straightforward coming of age teen sex comedy without yeah. really much sex. But it's like a super bad or edge of 17. Although I think I'd give. Both of them a slight edge over this. Um, oh, super bad. It's definitely better. But Edge of 17 is more what I was thinking because it's a female protagonist. Um, but yeah, I think what is... Um, I guess what I, we're going to have full spoilers, right? I mean, these are older movies. Yeah. It's pretty obvious that she's going to end up, you know, being friends with... Lizzie Kaplan and stuff again by the end, even though she loses her way. Yeah, you never have any like doubt. Yeah. And 
I guess <laughs> I don't know. It's, comedies are hard. There's not like a ton to say about yeah. comedies, but we did enjoy it. And uh, I think one of the most iconic lines or things about it is stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Did you have anything else? I mean, not really. Like you said, comedies are just more of sit back and watch more so than explain. I mean, what am I, we'll just say lines, you know? Yeah. I wish I had written down a couple of them. But I, I like the uh, principal a lot. Yes. Like, when all the girls start freaking out, and he just, like, oh, hell no, and goes out with the baseball bat. <laughs> Coach, would, Coach Carr, step away from the underage girl. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. Like, that wouldn't be a movie now. Like, <laughs> not, not so offhand like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> wow, yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's the guy from uh, Dewey Cox, right? Walkard, the Dewey Cox story. That guy needs to be in more stuff. Because he's hilarious in everything that I've seen him in. And then there's a good one when he's making the speech in the auditorium. He's like, Coach Carr has fled the premises. (laughs) I just love his delivery of everything. Like, in Dewey Cox. (laughs) No, Dewey. You don't want to try this marijuana. (laughs) And in here, like he has a broken hand, right? After summer. And he's like asking about uh, Tina Fey and whatever she says. And she's like, I got you beat. He's like, yeah, you sure do. Just the way he says it, I start cracking up. (laughs) That guy's amazing. I can't remember his name. It's Kevin something, right? But... Yeah, I think so. I can't think of it. Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows. Tim Meadows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's brilliant. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll give it a solid 8 out of 10. Uh, Held up on the rewatch. Yeah, uh, I give it a 7 out of 10 as well. I gave it an 8. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put me in that corner. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a 7 out of 10. But yeah, good uh, good recommendation. I was happy to get a chance to rewatch it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So thanks, Brendan. Hope we did justice on that one for you. Let's move ahead to Deekson's Solaris request, which is a troubled psychologist is sent to investigate the crew of an isolated research station orbiting a bizarre planet. So pretty much a spin-off of Mean Girls here, right in the same vein. <laughs> <laughs> this is directed by Steven Soderbergh, stars George Clooney, Natasha McElnay, and there's no way I said that right, um, Viola Davis, and Jeremy Davies. Um, yeah, this was a very different kind of movie. This is a sci-fi movie, but a very slow boil um Heady, like uh, thought-provoking, yeah. dialogue-heavy science it's, fiction. I mean, speaking of our last review, it's very vaguely reminded me of Blade Runner. Not like literally, but just kind of pacing. And, and, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's basically, and it was. All right, I don't even know where to start here. Uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh, who is one of my favorite directors, or at least he's a guy who I love most of his movies, and it's required viewing anytime he comes out with a new movie. 
Um, I actually didn't know he directed this. I knew all I knew about it was that George Clooney starred, and it was a remake of like a older foreign movie. That's all I knew about it. And yeah, um, I, I knew it was a remake, whatever. But. And um, yeah, it, it was. It's definitely. I don't know if the story itself is that confusing or hard to figure out, but the way the movie presents it, like there's no handholding whatsoever. No. It's like you're in it. You're in the story and you got to catch up. You got to figure out what's going on on your own because they're really just playing it straight. And I guess uh, it took me a while. <laughs> I had to read the Wikipedia page afterwards to just fully grasp everything. And I still am not sure if I do, <laughs> but uh, what did you think? I enjoyed this movie for the most part. I mean, it's not perfect by any means, but um, I wouldn't say I liked it as much as like Prometheus, but it sort of reminded me like in the same vein where I could see why people wouldn't like it, the movie, but I sort of it, still enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, I hear you. I kind of feel pretty similarly. I mean, it had a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems about right to me because... Yeah. I can see why some people would love this movie and I can see why some people would hate it. For me, I liked it. I mean, I didn't love it or hate it, but I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah. I was a little lost at times, but then when things did start to click a little bit, I actually was more rewarding in the way that I'm like, oh, okay, I see what's going on here. And then, like, there's definitely some cool ideas at play. As oh, far yeah, as, sure. I guess we never even really said what it's necessarily about but <laughs> and I, uh, I don't know is this a movie you should spoil though no I don't want to get into major spoilers but yeah. there's a little bit of spoilers to have to, to just kind of talk about the main yeah. core of it but I guess George Clooney is he is he gets sent to this ship or is he on it already he gets sent there yeah I thought so and so basically he's, what, there's only two or three people, two people left. Two people crew. left, yeah. Everyone else has killed themselves. Um, so they, they're they orbiting this random planet, and it's Jeremy Davies and Viola Davis. I just realized both their last names are very similar. Uh, <laughs> they're like super depressed. Something about being around this planet like just messes with your head. And emotions, and eventually you come to find out that you like manifest people that are close to you that have died, and like brings them back to life as a clone. Am yeah. I get, am I getting this right? And, yeah, me basically. And yeah, so as George Clooney's like trying to get to the bottom of it, he's interviewing these people. His ex, not ex-wife. I mean, his wife who had passed away. She killed herself, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, she just shows up, and it seems like she keeps killing herself over and over again. He's reliving his past, and then he starts feeling these effects. Basically, the whole movie is like, uh, it's just like playing with the idea of, it's almost like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a, good a longer Black Mirror episode, and... What would it's like that one where she orders a copy of her dead husband based off his social media presence? Yeah, it's like he's 
almost that, but he, it's something off after a time. Yeah. And I guess it's playing with the idea of, like, could can you change the past, or should you if you had the chance, or what would you even do if something like this was possible? All kinds of different ideas. And, I mean... Reading the Wikipedia page was almost as enjoyable as watching the movie, just from that perspective. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But what did you think of George Clooney himself, as far as the performance goes? I actually liked George Clooney in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I thought he wasn't... Uh, I mean, he's always sort of just himself, but if that's the case, then it fit well for this particular role. You know, yeah, and uh, he had a good range of emotion, and it, it really seemed like it was fucking with his head. Oh yeah, for sure, got that point across. Um, yeah, and it, he is always George Clooney, but this is a little different for him. I feel like he's not the charismatic, like go happy go lucky, you know, smooth talker. At least not by the end of it. Yeah. He actually has to go through, like, some dark stuff and express other emotions other than just being, like, the cool guy. And he does it well. Yeah. He's a, he's a good actor. I mean, he's limited. I'm sure there are things he can't do. He's not a Tom Hardy or a Michael Fassbender or anything, but the guy's good at uh, at what he does. Yeah, for sure. And I thought everyone was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I, I was going to say that I like the supporting cast a lot, too. Yeah. Viola Davis, we know she's a powerhouse, and this was before she really broke out, but she's good. I've always liked Jeremy Davies. Uh, he was in Lost, one of, probably my favorite show of all time. I think he was maybe my favorite in the movie, actually. Just, yeah. just like his mannerisms and stuff. Yeah, and again... He's a guy that is always has that in his performances to some extent, but it worked extremely well here. And um, as far as I'm trying to think, the the I guess there's it's a drama mystery romance. The drama is good. We've gotten to the mystery. Do you think, as far as the mystery goes, sci-fi mystery, like it played out well? Did you guess what was going on without spoiling it? or Not really. I mean, yes and no, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I didn't know. It had me pretty confused, I'll be honest. And yeah. I don't even know if you ever really solved the mystery, even by the end. Which I'll say without getting into specifics. I thought the end was was interesting. I, I'm not sure exactly what I think about it, but I think I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I sort of like the vagueness of this movie, in a way. Yeah. And it's a qu- very quiet movie. Like, Extremely. Yeah, not a lot of score that I can remember. If it's there, it's like underscoring it um, pretty subtly. Yeah. Which fits. I mean, that's exactly... I mean, they're in space, it's all depression and all this weird stuff, so... Makes sense. And um, as far as the romance goes, what did you think? It's interesting romance where it's someone who's dead and they were married. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Actually, I did like their chemistry. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, it really worked for what they were trying to convey and whatnot. But, and there was flashbacks, right? Yeah, there was a lot of flashbacks to them actually, like, living together. and. Yeah, they shared how they first met. And, yeah, I liked it. I thought... Um, I thought it worked out pretty well. The flashbacks did a good job, and then of you can kind of see the subtle differences. You can see it's not completely the same person, but at the same time, what is going on right now? Dave. That's <laughs> all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, uh, hold on a second. What was I saying? What was I thinking of saying? Oh, yeah, like, I guess it is interesting to see how you would resolve these marital issues, which someone he clearly loved and was confused and probably felt guilt for what happened to some level. And, like, what do you do in that situation? It's just, yeah. uh, it gives you a lot to think about. I mean, yeah, it's like the first time he sees her, his reaction, and then sending her off, and yeah, like, I don't know. Trying to get answers, and yeah, yeah, there's a lot to it. I mean, I'm certainly glad we reviewed, or at least watched the movie. I don't know how the review went because <laughs> it's a confusing. It's a heady movie, but yeah. I was happy to watch the movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it actually. Yeah, I was glad to watch it. So, good recommendation, Deekson. I thought I was going to be close to catching up on all my Soderbergh movies and then didn't even realize he directed this. So, got to do more research there. But I'll give it a 7 out of 10. I'm just dead on with you. 7 out of 10. I gave it a 10. Fuck you. (laughs) No, I I absolutely did not. 7 out of 10 it is. Uh, all right, let's get to our top five, which I forgot to mention what it was off the top of this episode, but it's going to be top five movies we would pick if we won a contest like the one that Deekson and Brendan Fitzpatrick won, which I guess we were participants, but even if we would have won, we wouldn't have counted it, and it's a little bit different when it'd be picking them for ourselves to review. Yeah. So. I will kick things off. As far as this list overall, I, I again, I had a little bit of trouble here because I wanted to be more like creative and have reasons why I'm picking these movies, but um feel like it's uh, pretty predictable on my end, but we'll see, we'll see. Uh, my number five would be... I was thinking of it as... All right, I'll take my favorite movie podcast... Or one of them. I mean, I love Slash Film. I love Film Junk. There's plenty that I enjoy. But just say some of my favorite podcasts. If I could tell them to review a movie, this is what I would want. My number five was There Will Be Blood. My favorite movie. Not, uh, yeah. At least my top three favorite movies of all time. Currently my favorite movie, according to my Letterboxd list. I want to be justified in having it that high on my list, so I want people whose opinions I respect to do a deep dive review into it 
And I know it's widely considered to be great, but give the reasons so that I can re-fortify my thoughts on it. Yeah. That's pretty much how I went about this whole thing. It was just like, am I right about how I feel about this? And if I'm not going to re-watch it myself, next best thing is, or even if I did re-watch it, just I love getting that other people's opinions, especially people who I routinely go back to to hear what they think about things. Yeah. So that's my um, number five. All right. So my number five would be Boondock Saints. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, especially for you. Yeah. I, uh, I know this movie doesn't hold up quite as well as it, like I remember it, but it's still a great independent action movie. I mean, it's cheesy, I guess, but it's still pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember liking it quite a bit because, you know, you guys and Charlie, our cousin Charlie and everybody love the movie, and I enjoyed it quite a bit as well. But then, and I haven't watched it since then, but I've heard almost as much love as hate. Like, yeah. A lot of people say it's one of their favorite movies of all time, and then there's a lot of people who say most overrated movie of all time. It's actually pretty bad. I feel uh, like when it was closer to its release, it was had garnered a lot more love because it, I guess it was refreshing, but now it's just sort of whatever. People can, I guess, more objectively. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the answer lies somewhere in the middle, but... I, it's one of these that I'm scared to rewatch because I'm scared it's going to ruin the positive memories that I had about it. Yeah. But that's a good choice. Um, my number four is is one that actually, the first time I watched it, just thought it was okay. A movie with squandered potential. And then I rewatched it after hearing everybody rave and rave and rave about it. And it's another movie from 2007. It's David Fincher's Zodiac, which, on the second watch, I thought it was a near masterpiece. And uh, I think it's a movie that has a lot that you could get into, or that I'd like to hear a reviewer get into and really break down. And Man, it is just such a good movie. I can't believe how much... I missed on that the first time through, but I guess that's why sometimes rewatching a movie can really help. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's a great movie and I'd love to hear the podcast review. Nice. All right. My next one is actually pretty similar choice. All right. Uh, Requiem for a dream. There you go. Just because I feel like this is a movie that could, at this point, have been overlooked. Yeah. You know. Well, uh, I will point you in the direction of a little podcast called The Red Box Report. When uh, me and Casey reviewed it as part of the film club segment in the first or second year of the show. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had obviously seen it before. He had never seen it, so I recommended it to him and... He definitely didn't like it as much as me. Um, 
I can't remember exactly, but I think uh, he wasn't a big fan of the over-stylized aspect, which is something I really enjoyed about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. But it was cool to get a different perspective. Good choice. Uh, My number three is kind of timely because David Lynch is back in the news having brought Twin Peaks back to Showtime. Um, But the movie I would like to see reviewed is 2001's Mulholland Drive, which is a movie I watched for the first time about five years ago and loved it. But it's certainly a confusing and bizarre movie. It's long. I think it's like two and a half hours long, and it's like, what the hell is going on? There's a point halfway through the movie where it almost seems like, well, what was the point of watching what I just watched? It's just a crazy... He's a very weird director that always has weird movies like Eraserhead and stuff like that. But Mulholland Drive... First, I don't know why. I just knew it was great. I knew I loved it even before I listened to a podcast where they like did this deep dive with theorizing about what this meant and that meant, and that just made me love it even more. Definitely one I would like to revisit, having heard these theories and just see how they play out as far as watching the movie again straight through, and I'd like to hear even more discussion about it. Nice. All right. Um, inherent vice. Let me point you in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just because, like I said when we reviewed it, it took me like a good three times of watching this movie to even like it. And now it's it's one of my favorite movies in a long time. Yeah. I, I probably like it more than other people, but I mean... I really like this movie. Definitely has its fans. And I listened to about six reviews, six podcasts that reviewed this when it came out. And yeah, I think, especially with time, it's been, what, two, three years. So I think that that will help with the rewatch and a re-examination of it. You know, when you're seeing something, even if you see it multiple times, especially if it's back-to-back-to-back, it's hard to really uh, come up with anything new. Yeah. If you get some time on it, it gives a little bit different perspective. So that's a good choice. This is a movie I definitely like more every time I watch it. Yeah. Gotta love those. The Big Lebowski is another one that comes to mind. Yeah. As far as that. Yeah. Good choice. Well, my number two is a movie that I've talked about, I feel like, quite a bit on here. Another one I believe I... Got Casey to watch on the film uh, club segment a while back. It's in my top ten of all time favorite movies. But I feel like it's one that is very underseen. It's uh, Moon, starring Sam Rockwell and Kevin Spacey. Yeah, you love this movie. Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. I just feel like, am I overrating it? I have it in my top ten. I'm sure I am. Anytime you put something in top anything, you're probably overrating it. But I'd like to hear other people talk about it, and hopefully, I'd like to hear uh, other people rave about it. But you know, that's just the risk you would take in something like this. Yeah. All right. My next is Blow. 
another movie I've seen a hundred times. Uh, I liked it a little bit more when I was younger. I think this movie, though, I have kind of watched to death. Really? <laughs> yeah. But I love everything about, like, I love how the story's told. Like, the movie is, like, just long enough without kind of, like, overstaying his welcome, I guess. I like how, I think, like, the first 45 minutes to an hour is really before he even becomes, like, the big cocaine guy. Yeah, this is, at least this is Johnny Depp before he got into all the weird characters, right? Yeah. So, it's got that going for it. And it's uh, based on a true story and all that, too, so. It's basically Narcos. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I I do remember seeing this movie and thinking it was decent. I, I need to rewatch it, I guess, because to me it just seemed like it was trying too hard to be the next Goodfellas or something. Yeah, well, interesting enough, it used to be that I would, my two favorite movies were Goodfellas and Blow. <laughs> oh, okay. And it was Blow, and then Goodfellas kind of took over, because Goodfellas <laughs> is another one I've seen a million times, but Goodfellas that, never seems to get old. Yeah, that one gets better. <laughs> yeah. Like a fine wine. But cool. Uh, my number one, probably the most predictable thing you could ever think of, but Teenage Mutant... Ninja Turtles, the original movie. No, I am a. I have rewatched this so many times, and even recently, I've rewatched it. Firm believer that this movie holds up and is actually a legitimately great movie. Yeah, I genuinely think that. But I would like to hear, like some of my favorite podcasters. Give it a shot themselves because maybe it is mostly nostalgia getting in my way here. But I actually think this movie holds up and is one of the best comic book movies of all time. If not, it's definitely one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's endlessly rewatchable. Just a ton of fun. But yeah. That's all right, just so- me. Oh, I'm sorry. Nope, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> so my last one, it really wasn't my number one, but I just sort of forgot to mention it. So whatever. Um, I really like Priest. Okay. I or I mean, I, I think at least it's a little bit underrated. And I, I was really hoping they were going to make a second one, but I imagine they didn't make any money or something like that. What is Priest? Priest is, I think it's based off a comic. It's about, uh, like, priests are, like, these elite, like, I'm always, like, soldier-type people, and it's, like... Vampires? Vampire, zombie wasteland-type thing. Okay, Paul Bettany, okay. Kind of think of, uh, like, I Am Legend, but with vampires. Okay, that sounds intriguing. But, uh, it's super stylistic is really what I like about it. Uh, and uh, the story is pretty cool. It's about uh, getting a girl back, essentially. And I don't know. There's like a big bad who's like, I guess it's like a guy who chose to become a vampire or something like that. I don't know. I, I'm a, a little bit vague on it, but I was looking when I made the list at my Blu-rays, and I have it. And I was thinking about watching it soon again. 
Nice. I always get it confused with Legion. For some uh, reason. Okay. I think maybe Paul Bettany stars in both of them, and they're both kind of uh, yeah, like uh, supernatural, similar type things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've never seen it, so I might have to check it out. Yeah, but cool, cool, cool list, bro. Uh, any honorable mentions? Uh, no. Uh, District Nine. I'll say that. All right. Yeah, I didn't really have any honorable mentions either, just because uh, yeah. I like listening to movie podcasts, review anything. So, especially, just go through my top 100, man. Re- review them all. I'll listen to it. <laughs> not even worried about it. But, uh, and even, ba- I even thought about, like, what terrible movie would I like to see, like, just people roast and have to have them suffer through it just to so they can review it and i couldn't think of anything clever enough to include but it's another route you could go yeah but this is the route we took or not we eventually we but uh brandon and deekson thank you for giving us uh the backbone to this episode i thought uh both movies were worth reviewing and worth checking out so Good job there, and stay tuned for the coming weeks as Joel takes a break to get to work, and I will be finding ways to review Get Out, Split, Logan, and many more in the next month or so. So stay tuned for that, and as always, email the podcast, threadboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. And we will see you in the future. Who will win the next March Movie Madness and pick a movie for us to watch next year? I will tell. Friends who have married and their lives seem complete.